Have you ever wished you could talk to animals? You can. Welcome to Let's Talk to Animals. My name is Shannon, and I'm an animal sensitive and intuitive with animal love languages. And this is my ever-present 22-year-old feathery sidekick, Pearl Cuts. He never misses an episode. You know, I will never forget my very first experience connecting with animals on an intuitive level. My very first thought was, everyone can do this. And we can. Animal communication taps into the universal language of all species. This is a language that dives deeper than spoken words into the realm of the senses, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting and smelling, sensing and knowing. The universal language of all species shows up most clearly in our survival instincts. How do we find breakfast without becoming breakfast? We stay tuned into each moment, right as it is happening, right, my love? Yes, we never miss an opportunity, right? But that is not all that talking with animals is good for. We can use it to tune into the animals in our own lives, our pets. We can connect to the wildlife we share space with. We can uncover hidden gems of truth about ourselves and how we are connected to our world. Animal communication is always happening. But until we tune in, we won't know it or be able to participate. In this series, I talk with amazing people who have learned how to speak this universal language of all species, learn from them, discover new abilities you didn't know you had, and begin talking to animals today. And today's special guest, all the way from, is it Wales? Scotland. Scotland. Ah, oh, Scotland. I love Scotland. I love Scotland. I spent three brilliant rainy days there, and I have never <laughs> forgotten it. I've never forgotten it. This is Miss Kate Pago, and she is with Barking at the Moon, Animal Intuitive and Animal Communication. She also does a lot of really other neat healing and intuitive modalities for animals and people to build deeper bonds and foster healing and connection and love, right? Just like the love we share. So I am really excited to have Miss Kate with us today. Um, we were chatting before the episode began about how much I love her kind of deep sea vibe with the purple and the <laughs> fishes and the, I'm just really, I'm really, in, I'm really into it. And, and with the pandemic, I've missed being able to get out and get to the, get to the ocean. So I'm kind of having a virtual experience this morning. <laughs> um, Kate, thanks so much for, for being willing to be with us and be a part of this series. Um, you know, the first thing I, I always like to ask um, our special guests is, you know, when did you know that talking with animals was even possible? Well, this might surprise you, Shannon, but actually, I not until I met Danielle, really. I, wow. I love your expression, animal sensitive, because I think that's probably what I was. I don't have any psychic background. I didn't have any knowings. I didn't know. I knew I was different but probably not for the reasons that I recognize now. Um, I didn't. I absolutely didn't. Just before I met Danielle McKinnon, who I trained with, um, I had started muscle testing. So uh, I used that as a really basic form of communication with the animals. So in that sense, that was a huge leap forward to, for me. But it meant that I could ask my animals yes, no questions. So, you know, you can get quite a lot out of that and it's it's like a uh, that that to me was amazing so but knowing that you could actually go further than that I genuinely didn't know until my sister um, who lives in England had come up to see me and she said we have to watch this and it was one of Danielle's webinars and that was it and I was hooked I was like oh my god people do this it's just incredible yeah 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 I, you know I remember um uh, I, don't, I honestly, honestly, it's part of the reason I asked this question is I actually don't remember how I first knew that animal communication was even possible. But, you know, I started hiring animal communication professionals many years ago and never doubted it. I mean, I always mm -hmm. felt right from the very first moment of connect, I always felt very validated in the the messages I was receiving from my animals, like some part of me already knew. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And I too have a background with muscle testing, which I've used a little bit with this work as well. But, um, you know, it was just like, there's something else there. 
Oh, and, and I, I mean, I think I've seen, I've seen a psychic in the past and I'm absolutely fascinated with it. There's no question in my mind I believed all that, but I guess the opportunity wasn't really there. I didn't know it was so available, if you know what I mean. Otherwise, I'd have been at it all the time. I've never had any doubt about that. There's never any question yeah. in my mind that there's more to it, but I, I, it just really wasn't. I came from an R and D background, you know. <laughs> I didn't know right. people who did stuff like that. Right. So, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's so interesting because I feel like our world is changing so much that, you know, now just almost through necessity, almost it's that survival instinct kicked it into a higher, higher gear or a higher level. We're kind of almost being forced to or forcing ourselves to kind of open to to and and i also think that the tv has really opened it up not just the youtube with the webinars but some of the series on psychic mediums and animal psychics and you know more experience with people living longer lives and having more chance to uh delve into different aspects of what it means to be alive you know we just Maybe we didn't have time before when we had to chop our own wood and draw in our, our own water and, you know, go out there and join the food chain of life and hunt for our dinner. You know, we didn't have time to maybe explore these or 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 codify them. Maybe we we did some of it, but we didn't have time to think about how or why or teaching it or any of that. It just happened or it didn't. So I really love that there's this kind of global awakening if you will and there's a lot more acceptance because it really makes it easier for those of us who do feel different to find our tribe and I agree oh, with you Danielle has been amazing well this is it since I I um I joined her classes it was it must have been about the September October or something just before COVID yeah. um, but when when like COVID hit I just started her classes then I think I'd sort of met the community I don't think I joined the community until I joined the classes, but I've been so immersed in that community that I actually don't know what's going on in the rest of the world in that since I've changed so much that this is part of my vocabulary now, I haven't actually been let out in public. So I'm not really sure how it would go. Down <laughs> you know, if I meet normal people again, are they going to think I'm a fruitcake? Probably, possibly, they, you know, maybe they always have. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I care. And that's the difference now. But I, you know, things that I just would not have said a year ago yeah. just fall off the tongue now because I've spent so much time with this amazing community. It's just great. It's I just, agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. And it's kind of like, you know, I, I, have, I feel like I have, because of course you and I share Danielle as a teacher. And, um, and for those of you who are watching or listening and don't know, Danielle McKinnon is a wonderful um, animal communication teacher and author, a speaker, a leader, and um, incredibly gifted psychic. And so both Kate and I share a background. I'm a little newer than Kate is, but we are really enjoying um, Danielle's Be Open community as well, which is her Facebook group and um, private community for folks that want want to be want to be um, joyful different people together and be able to to share this universal language of 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 being able to speak with with everything that's alive not just each other and so um, I guess the next natural question would be when did you realize that you could talk to animals what like your first experience of it uh, it would have been in practice with Danielle's course. So I knew from the yes, no. Fantastic. Um, and I was, I was in never any doubt that there was a way of communication there, but obviously it's limited. Um, but it would have, it takes a lot, as you'll know, going through it yourself. You, it's, you want so much validation. And even when I was looking back, it was perfectly obvious to me that I was getting stuff that there was nowhere I could have known it there's still so much doubt. And I think that's the biggest learning you have when you do anything like this is actually the growth personally in, in learning to trust yourself. Uh, I look back on things and, and go, oh my God, it's so obvious that I, you know, the information you're getting, there's no way anyone could make that up. So it's only been probably about a year really. Um, and my trust is still growing. Um, and I think it will just keep going. Yeah, so that's really important for those of you. Of course, one of the primary drivers for, for me launching this series is because 
you know, of, of what I shared in the intro is that, you know, my very first thought, and it for me too was, I remember being so nervous with that initial, I took Danielle's Foundations of Animal Communication, and there was this moment in the course when she was like, okay, now we're actually going to do it. And I was like, oh, no, anything but that, you know, like, because I'm going to find out that I'm the only one in the world that can't do this, right? And, and I remember doing it, and I remember that the animal was like, you know, an iguana and, and I got, I didn't get like iguana per se. It's not like the animal paraded out and said, I am a yellow skinned iguana, but instead of the, you know, the typical fur or, or, or even, or even feathers, which would have been so great. Right. I got this yellow skin. I was just seeing it in my head and I was just so blown away because I have a special heart for exotic, so-called exotic animals. I think we're all kind of exotic, but <laughs> each one of us is exotic. But, you know, I have, I have a tortoise and a fox turtle and, and pair. I've always shared my life with parrots and turtles and as well as dogs. And so, you know, it was just this validation of being like, man, like, how did I not know that I could do this for 50 years? Like, how did that somehow escape me? Um and I think I really feel it's when when you know Homo sapiens kind of started to really separate from the food chain and lose that constant tune that that the radio dial being tuned into the present moment all the time because if you don't you're going to end up on somebody's plate you know and now we have these little guys for pets right and and we we we're tuned out most of the time we're tuned into the past we're tuned into the future our survival instinct is kind of skewed in these unusual directions and so i just became instantly passionate about sharing this knowledge because it feels like the one way I can make a huge impact on the survival of our planet and our wildlife, because we can't care about what we feel like we can't connect with. And the more we all are able to wake up to this wonderful gift, not only do we have new creative tools to solve problems, whether it's the squirrel that won't stay out of our attic, or I think somebody talked about the other day in Be Open that they were able to talk a wasp out of their house just by giving Uh it inner guidance, which is amazing yeah I've I've never had that work I've tried that (laughs) well you know it takes the time it takes but shoot for her it sure was worth it and I found a lot of validation in that as well there's just all kinds of but most of all we just realize how alike we are on the inside and the more we realize how alike we are I think the easier it becomes to care and to find new creative ways of solving problems rather than just kind of resorting to the you know the carrot and the stick method that we've kind of grown up learning about. Um, So of course, the question that everybody is probably thinking about and asking about um, on the inside as they're listening or watching. Yeah, because some of you are getting this as a podcast, some of you are getting this as our YouTube series is, you know, other than words like amazing or unbelievable or wow, what is it really like talking to animals? Like, what does it feel like? Um. I'm always, I think when I'm in it, I think nothing of it, you know, because it's so natural. Um, Afterwards, it's either a beautiful reading and I'm just blown away by it all, or I'm sort of full of self-doubt, less and less self-doubt. Now it's more blown away. What I feel, I mean, people feel different things. I don't often get their emotions. I, I don't know. I think it's linked to your personality. It's almost like law of attraction. I think what you're looking for you'll find that aspect of them. I'm not saying that you distort it, but um, an example would be during our class, um, Danielle had us connect to an animal that was that had had a really tragic life. It was one of the elephants. And a lot of people got a lot of pain. I actually got the um, happiness. But see, all of that is true because the animal was actually in a sanctuary and happy. You know, so but I had yeah. a terrible past. So it's almost like you you will people you will get a different aspect of an animal. The biggest validation for me when I'm speaking to an animal is I will get um, goosebumps when you hit on something or get something, and you just get that all over um, goosebumps, mm-hmm. and and it's just it's just wonderful. And then you you just know it's like it's like your animal saying this is real, this is happening, you can feel it. And if you get on a roll with an animal, I just get so much humor off animals. And, and it really, 
I think I, I was just practicing with a friend once and I went outside to do the chickens afterwards. And, you know, it's like when someone's cleaned the windows and the whole world just looks like a little bit brighter. And apparently that's that's how they talk about it when you raise your vibration, that everything just just shines a little bit more. And I have noticed that. So it definitely raises your vibration because I've noticed that afterwards things just look a little bit crisper, a little bit more colorful, a little bit more shiny. Um, so it's a mixture of all those things. The actual feeling while you're talking to the animal, I think it depends on what the conversation's about because obviously people are dressing yeah. different things. But yeah. when you're in it, it just feels, it's like a conversation. The first time I read a goldfish, you know, I didn't have time to think, a goldfish, how am I going to communicate with a goldfish? What does a goldfish have to say? Same as everybody else, it turns out. You know, it doesn't feel any different whether it's a goldfish or a gorilla or a, you know, they've all got the same things to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really resonate with that. It does feel like the world is, I mean, it's kind of, you know, on two levels. It's like, it feels for me like, you know, any great conversation would feel when you're really vibing with another being, you know, and each animal seems to have its their own energy, just like each person, some, some people, some beings, I'm kind of increasingly moving to that word, because it's kind of like, I'm like you, you know, like saying things that, that, you know, I wouldn't maybe have even known how to say it, what I was feeling before I started really studying this a little more formally. But you know, it can feel even more bright and shiny. It could also even feel even, you know, a little bit darker, especially when the connection isn't, isn't clear or there, there are some heavy issues that are, you know, are being worked out. And I really love um, how you shared about raising your vibration because of course we're learning how there's this 3D level, which is more of the survival instinct level, which is kind of like, am I getting enough food? Am I getting enough water? Am I warm enough or cool enough? Am I, do I feel like I um, have safety and shelter? And then there's this 5D level, which is, you know, this beautiful universal connect. It's like a, you know, a phone line, a party line, if you will. I'm really dated myself there, but uh, but everybody can jump on, you know, and 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 kind of have have a you know, a group chat. And so on one on one level, I was just like, well, I just had a conversation. That was my first experience where you know everyone can do this. It was like I just I just talked to somebody. I've been talking to people for 50 years. It's just like I just have thought that species mattered and it turns out it really doesn't and on the other hand it's like this incredible natural high you know this euphoria where you're like oh my god I just you know talked to my parrot I just talked to the neighbor's dog I just talked to this animal that lives halfway across the country you know and and that's it's such a relief it's like I just feel like I've found this part of myself that makes me make more sense. Mm -hmm. And, um, and thank goodness for it, not a minute too late or too soon rather. (laughs) I think, I think it's, it's just so humbling, especially when you realize um, that, you know, the animals are here. And I think looking back, I've, have I ever suspected it? I've seen it. So it was taught first by Danielle, but I was going back over some Abraham Hicks stuff because I was getting in a real tizzy about um, whether I should eat dairy or not and going into animal cruelty. And I got really upset and I was trying to look at things to make me feel better. And and it was actually something from the 1990s. Um, But it's, it was, it's all about, it all reinforces what Danielle says, which is animals are here for our pleasure, for our evolution. I mean, they're here for their own experience, sure, but they're really here to support us and to enhance our experience on this world. And that's so humbling. It, yeah. You know, it's just, you know, I, I, you know, don't, I don't want as a human to feel like the sort of prima donna about that. It's more that I'm humbled that these incredibly intelligent beings are just here to guide us. Instead of us feeling like we are responsible for pets and we are responsible for this and that and I take the burden of the whole world on my shoulders about how animals are treated and stuff like that but actually they all know exactly what they're doing and what's happening and we should be honored you know to be with them but it's it's that there are protectors as well it's not just about us you know protecting animals which obviously is a good thing but in the bigger picture and at the soul level 
they're all here supporting us to evolve and I just think that's amazing and that's a nice feeling because there's a lot of them around <laughs> mm-hmm. they quite outnumber us um as amazing as that is to believe because there's quite a lot of us too right but it feels um you know I I remember you know my first my yeah I know you know what I'm about to say don't you you know he knows um yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't remember exactly when I realized that, a, you know, a human being could keep a, a parrot as a companion, but I, I know it was, it happened around age seven because from age seven to age eight, I apparently pestered my mother incessantly for a, a parrot. I wanted a parrot. I wanted to be with a parrot. And finally at eight, I guess my folks had had enough of it. And Perky, my first parakeet, came home to stay. And we were instant best friends. And, you know, it just felt like I can't imagine my life without. He was my instant best friend. He was my best friend until I left for college. And he lived an incredibly long life for a parakeet. And, you know, there are studies today, of course, because now we have time to do all these studies about animal-human interactions that say that children tend to talk more with their pets when they're in stress or don't know what to do or just need comfort than they do with their siblings or their human friends or their their parents that was totally me but i didn't again i didn't mentally understand the the you know the dynamic or why i felt more comfortable to talk to perky than I did to my human family or friends. And, and of course, when I, when I found Danielle's work, you know, she talks about how he, how animals are masters of unconditional love. And I, you know, I often add, add for that. I know you are. Yeah. On the 5d level, on the 3d level, they just want what they want, right. Just like everybody else, but on the 5d level, they're masters of unconditional love. And I would also add unconditional self-love and self-acceptance because I have yet to communicate with an animal that's like, you know, do I look fat in this collar or, you know, (laughs) I don't think I have a very good personality. Nobody likes me. You know, I have yet to, I mean, the animals are all like, I mean, a lot of them will come in and be like, you know, I'm really good looking and smart. And I would, I mean, it would be kind of amazing if we woke up. I, I often joke that if, if I woke up every morning and greeted myself the way the way Pearl does. I mean, the first thing he does every single morning when he sees himself is, you know, like, <laughs> wow, I look good, you know. And, and I don't you know greet myself like be. that. We should be doing that because, you know, isn't it? It's, it's amazing that we even exist and what a beautiful world it was. Incredible. You know, and that, um, what you say though is about how they see themselves as well is that one of the things I'm struggling with less so now I'm working through it with Julie on on our um, mm, uh, series yes that we do definitely about, definitely is about animals that are that what started it is the lambs because we're lambing here and there was there was some lame lambs in the field and I you know I'm like oh, oh, oh poor and I know that they're well taken care of and I know that they're getting the fat treatment but I struggle so much. But the point is, animals don't see themselves as disabled. There's no emotion associated with that. Everything that we feel about that is emotion. You know, it's not that he's limping and that he's in pain. In my head, I'm going, he can't keep up with the others. He's going to be an outcast. He's not, you know, and it's all emotions. Animals like that, not interested in that. I'm fine, thanks. I'm doing absolutely fine. And whenever I connect to them, they tell me to mind my own business, essentially, because they're fine. Yeah. That's what they're teaching me. It's like you're seeing suffering where suffering doesn't happen. Animals do not lie around worrying about their physical conditions. They just get on with it. They don't see themselves as disabled. They don't see themselves as disadvantaged. There's a big lesson there with animals about saying, look, we're okay. Look at you guys. (laughs) Yeah. spend a little less time worrying about us and a little you know and I see that every day with this one he was I I rescued him from a, a pet store he was five weeks old he was nest bullied he you can't see it and he certainly doesn't doesn't show it but he can't fly because they bit off his left wing tip three of his five claws are missing and he's got permanent damage to his left eyelid and the, the inner membrane that 
that um, kind of protects his, his eye. I mean, you'd never know it. And he certainly doesn't. He just, I worry every far morning, more about himself every morning. It's like, <laughs> I look good. And he spends all day calling all the ladybirds because they're going to want to check this out. Right. So, you know, but I feel like that's really the pathway because animals present with this, you know, soul level, unconditional love and unconditional self-love and self-acceptance. Of course, a child who's still kind of forming in their, in either finding their way in the world, isn't fully, you know, domesticated as Don Miguel Ruiz might call it learning the, the ways of polite adult society, of course, an animal, you know, an animal is going to be the natural best friend and companion for a child that's seeking understanding. And we just, again, it's just so innate that we don't really start to think about it until we grow up. And then we decide to do a, a white paper on it, right? We research it and then we discover these fascinating facts and then it starts to help us connect the dots in our own life. And I love how you've just kind of answered you know, my next question, which is about, you know, how is talking with animals changed your life? Because it sounds profound. It is. I mean, I, I discovered the muscle testing. Uh, let me see. Now I gave up my job. I had a breakdown and um, my mom had dementia. Uh, long story. Oh, um, gotcha. And then I got better and I went back to work and I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And yeah. I just wanted actually to be honest I just wanted to be at home with my chickens and my yeah. cat and I yeah. couldn't say that to anyone I couldn't say you know I knew I didn't want to be at work I remember my husband actually saying I'm actually a bit worried that the reason you don't want to be at work is because you'd rather be at home with the chickens and the cat and I was thinking that is actually absolutely why I don't want to be at work but I can't tell anyone that because nobody else understands that I just sound like a yeah. lunatic but I wanted to be at home so I tried to find another way and, and as things happened, I then started the muscle testing and healing the chickens. Uh, and that was really, really profound for me. And then, you know, the next stage was, was um, meeting Danielle's crowd, shall we say, and starting yeah. the animal communication. And then you're just like, oh, my God, there's just this whole world out there now. It's like a, it's, it's infinite the things that we can do now like and and the, the the learning to do this and the confidence they give me allows me to say i can now do anything i want mm -hmm. i really enjoy doing this with animals but it's also um just opened up the my spiritual understanding and and just just my ability to to believe to really believe that i can do whatever i want now and the animals That's... have taught, you know, that, that sort of by achieving this and hearing it, because every single animal I talk to and every single conversation I have with people about animals and every single reading I have, there is at some, in some part of it an animal giving a message both to the person I'm reading for and to me about how it's all going to be okay and you just need to stop being so hard on yourself and you just need to get let go of this nonsense and everything's just fine. And you're like, do you know what? Maybe they're right. Maybe... <laughs> maybe it's okay and you know and, and looking at looking I look at animals with different eyes now and I look at Sally the cat and it's ex my cat and that's like you say this absolute self-love self-assure whatever no offense meant it but when she wants something she will just go for it she, emotion around it she's not trying to hurt me but if it means climbing over my face she'll climb over my face to do it mm -hmm. You know, and watching animals around me now, I realize that we have built so much into us about behavior, our social, you know, about responsibilities and obligations and all this stuff that animals yeah. like that, whatever, don't care. That's yeah. not what I'm here for. There's yeah. a lot we can learn from that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah it's, it's definitely a livelier world. world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it feels, you know, it just feels like there's a lot of, I used to feel really lonely. I remember earlier in my life, especially I had a series of jobs that, you know, my mind chose for me rather than my heart. And uh, I remember early in the pandemic seeing, I don't, I think it was a t-shirt that said, you know, I've been practicing for social distancing my whole life, you know, and it's not that I, it's not that I don't love people. It's just that the, the, you know, being a highly sensitive person, I I loved Dr. Elaine Aaron's work because it it has been so instructive for me and kind of like understanding how I'm wired and that sort of thing. But 
you know, I just, as an introvert, I just need equal, if not even more time alone or just with my animals to recharge as I spend with people, which has really created a difficult balance being in a lot of public like business and marketing roles, being a public speaker, being a college circuit speaker, those sorts of things. And just kind of feeling like, and it's interesting because I've never felt like I need recharge time away from my animals. I don't. In fact, I go to them to, so now I have this whole wider circle of friends. Um, you know, I, I used to, in college, I especially because I, I went to a very large school and even just my dormitory had its own zip code. You know, a dormitory, a dormitory having its own postal code is kind of a thing, you know, and it was really hard to ever find. So I would go to the park, our little park, and I would sit and I would see like a bunch of crows or grackles or, you know, starlings or sparrows or whoever was around and just go and I'd sit with them, you know, and but I was so I felt this distance like it's like I need them, but they don't need me you know, because they have their own little community. And now with animal communication, it doesn't feel polarized like that. It, it just feels like we're just being together. And there's that mutual respect and that mutual appreciation. And, and, you know, the animal doesn't need us, but the animal isn't flying away either. The animal are running away or, you know, it's just like, there's this, like you were saying earlier, the animals have powerful lesson life lessons to teach us and so many of them are so willing even after like the ant like the elephant you talked about they're still willing to connect with us even after having so many traumas at the hands of our species they're still showing up they're still in it it's a it's a huge lesson in you know forgiveness self-forgiveness empathy and compassion and and just you know if your cat wanted space to be alone with the chickens or you know the the lambs or by by herself she would just take it she yeah. wouldn't feel like yeah. she had to explain yeah. to or her spouse or kittens or anybody else you know she would just walk right over your face yeah. and go off to where alone her love, her they, love they places know that they know this thing that we find so difficult to understand. And yeah. that is, if you're not taking care of yourself first, you can't help anyone else. You can't, oh, brilliant. You know, that is just impossible for us to process. Even though you, I get it intellectually now, it's still really hard to practice that because yeah. there's a still is so deeply ingrained in us is this desire to, I don't think it's even a desire. It's, it's almost like a, it's just a function to, to obey, to, to please, to perform for other people. You know, even once you're aware of it, it's still hard to step away from that. Cat yeah. never doesn't give it a second thought. No, I love not at all. her. She's physically really strong for a cat as well, I and mean, she will actually push back. You know, <laughs> like if she she will come here sooner or later, she'll come downstairs and she'll stand here. And if I try and push her out of the way from the keyboard, she will actually muscle up <laughs> and go, "No, I'm not moving." Just you know, just things like that. It's just like a constant reminder to go, "I do as I please, Kate." And you could learn from that. Yeah. 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 It's wonderful when we share our lives 24 seven, because then they have unlimited access to teach us things, right? Whether we particularly know we need to learn them or want to learn them or not. Um, and, you know, and it feels, it feels again, very instructive because maybe these urges and these instincts that we have, some of which have been, I think, really more fully awakened during this time of, of quarantine and social distancing, you know, maybe there's so much right about that and, and, and they have something to teach us about who we are and how we're wired and, and where we're perfectly placed versus something we have to push away or hide or try to change. It's like, no, that's an essential facet of who you are. When you don't do that, when you don't pay attention to those instincts, when you don't follow those inner intuitive nudges, then things don't work well, you know, and I come from a, a mental health and an eating disorders background. And, you know, one of the things that I really learned from was a, uh, an essay by the writer Anne Lamont. She talks about recovering from bulimia by just allowing herself to kind of eat whatever she wanted. And I wouldn't necessarily recommend this for everybody, but it was not about, you know, binge eating. It was about losing that fear of around certain foods. 
and she worked with their therapist for this. It's, I don't know if it's still up on Salon, but I think it's called How I Recovered from Bulimia or How I Stopped Fearing Food or something like that. But she talks about how, you know, she would just kind of let herself eat the Cheetos and the frosting for a while. And then slowly but surely over time, she started to notice now she wanted some roasted vegetables and now she wanted a nice salad. And now it would just, food just became food. It wasn't like good food and bad food and food I should eat and food I shouldn't eat. It wasn't in the mental space anymore. It moved into the gut. Her, it's like her gut brain, something that I don't even think we were talking about back when she wrote that article. Her gut brain was starting to kind of run the show and say, well, I feel like having this today, or I feel like having that today. And it just became, yeah, maybe I'll have a Cheeto, but maybe then I'll, you know, have a nice salad or I'll have something. And it's just the same thing with animals. It's like, we have this tendency to and I think it's our survival instinct gone awry again but we have this tendency to kind of categorize good bad you know good behavior bad behavior you know um and and put our put our our lens if you will or all our spin on why an animal is acting a certain way because we don't think that we can ask just ask them and it's so much easier once we learn about you know some of these techniques um, that you and I have learned with Danielle for, you know, how to receive the information on all these channels, because then instead of mentalizing about it or coming up with theories or trying to change behavior that doesn't need to be changed, we can just say to the animal, so can you, can you tell me what's going on and just have a chat about it, uh, which really kind of leads me to the next piece. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping, I'm assuming, but I'm hoping, of course, those of you who are watching or listening have made it this far. You're probably pretty intrigued about this. Maybe you want to even try it yourself. Maybe it's even on your bucket list. So, Kate, what would be your advice for somebody who wants to give it a try and is in those early fearful fluttery, oh, I must be the only one who can't do this sort of thing or just doesn't really know where to start? I, I would have to say I've come from a really scientific background. So I realize now that I've always been empathic, although I probably didn't know what that meant. And then even when I understood that, I still would not have seen that connection with psychic ability. So mm. when I started this, um, there's a, there was a lot of people that went, oh, I've always known I'm different and I've always had this psychic ability, but I shut it down because I was teased or whatever. And I'm sitting there going, yeah. well, I had none of that. Like so I had none, nothing, no idea, nada. So don't let that hold you back. And there was a couple of people, a couple of my teaching assistants and that that said that, especially as I got further and then I started doing the intuitive coaching and then we started to qualify. And there's a bit of me going, but oh, you know, all these people, they've done this all their lives and now they're channeling it. Um, I don't have that depth of perception. And there was a couple of people then I think Amory might have been one of them. And they said, no, I was exactly the same. So don't let that put you off. That's what I would say. Absolutely. I think the, the other biggest lesson I learned is if you are drawn to something, there's a good reason why you're drawn to it and you're going to be good at it. Do you know anybody who loves what they do, but isn't good at it? You know, they may not be good at it in the way that other people define it. I don't know anybody who loves what they do that doesn't ultimately display a huge talent for what they're doing. That's because if you follow your heart, the rest will follow you. We all have the ability to do it. And if you're drawn to it, you've been drawn to it for a reason. And I would say, just go for it. Obviously, I would recommend Danielle. I haven't learned with anybody else. Um, but she she attracts a certain type of person and it's very obvious when you meet the community a lot of them are very analytical very highly not I wouldn't say competitive but very highly driven people who've suddenly gone oh I can't do this corporate life anymore or whatever but I mean there are a lot of not what you would consider normal woo woo wishy-washy touchy-feely type people who just go oh my god this is this life isn't what I expected and then yeah. you know and then they dive into it um and now I've met, I think it's, I think it, we're, and I say fruitcake proudly because I consider myself <laughs> a raving fruitcake. I've met the most bundle of most joyful, um, bizarre, talented, eccentric, exotic people that I've ever met in my life. And I've never felt so at home. So I say, just go for yeah. it. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I hope, you know, and there, there are a number, and I did survey uh, a, a number of different um, a different instructors, different courses, uh, you know, and, and 
ultimately it was my first big test in learning to trust information coming in elsewhere other than my mind because I was just about to decide on a teacher and I had I'd been looking all day and I was just getting really frustrated because my mind was like what about this and what about that this and that and the other and I remember I was just about to click on the thing and sign up and it felt sort of right it felt more right than anybody else and then out of the corner of my eye like right next to the book I was about to buy for this other teacher I saw Danielle's book and something about her just open, friendly face. And I was just like, just look for one more, just one more. And the moment I landed on her page and saw that the community's name was Be Open, and I watched a very brief video and her energy and the joyfulness and the the the, the constant giggling and the smiling and just the the, the concept of let's play, let's have fun. If you're not having if you're not having fun why do it? And that was exactly what was driving me in this new direction was like, but I'm not having fun in my life. You know, I'm not having, of course, you know, pandemic kind of imposed its own restrictions, but, you know, I want to have more fun, like forever from now on. And everything, of course, I have uh, studied with Sonia Choquette for quite a, a long period of time. And she also is, you know, she's taught me you know, I, she says, I love Lou. I love weird. Like that's, those are my people. Like, why would I want to be with any, anybody else, you know? And so I was already kind of in that mindset and there was so much about Danielle's work with the emphasis on play and lightness and laughter and having fun and how that helps move through blocks in ways that heavy mentalizing and strong, you know, kind of more darker emotions just often doesn't have the, um, the power to do, And I just was like, this is, I'm just going to trust my gut. And thank goodness, because it was my first test. I don't love the word test, but it was my first lesson in receiving information in a way that didn't come through my analytical, corporate, regimented mind, right? There was just a lot of joy. There was a lot of feathers, a lot of fur and a lot of the things and a, and a lot of fins and a lot of shells and a lot of scales and a lot of the stuff that I love most in life. And to get to talk every day with people, I mean, the conversations that we have in the open and when we're on our training calls and the friendships that we are, you know, that we make in the community are so meaningful, I don't sit there going, okay, you know, when is this conversation going to end? You know, I'm kind of like hoping that it won't. I I, I have, I mean, everyone, because I started the class just actually as lockdown happened here and it sort of been March last year. um, And I hadn't seen, apart from, I do wild swimming. um, And apart from people there who I meet on a completely different level, you know, um, they don't know anything about my personal life. We just meet, we swim, we go our separate ways. I haven't spoke. I hadn't spoken to another human being other than the people in the open, and I didn't miss anybody. Isn't that awful? <laughs> and I suddenly realised that I horrible, wonderful. My, my entire community of people were people I had literally met in the last month, and that was it. And and so it goes on. And and I will say though, for people starting out, I mean, I don't think Danielle's crowd is necessarily for everybody, but I do think it's important you follow your heart because you will find your niche and I think what Danielle offers which is what was good for me is she goes to the soul level a lot of people I wasn't expecting that I didn't know it wasn't either um but by god that was exactly what I was looking for I just didn't know that was a way to get there and now I've gone into the soul level coaching you know we're going even deeper and deeper and this is all a huge learning journey for me about me but I am learning you know in doing so, I'm going to be able to help other people. But, you know, I started it for me, the, the yeah. soul level the stuff for humans, the stuff with animals is for animals. And I love that, although it ends up being for people yeah. as well, because people want to know what's going it on. It sure does. Boy, I surprise people every day when I'm doing our sessions and I, you know, I say, I share that we're going to have this piece called the soul level lesson in the session. And I've had so many people say, I totally wasn't expecting that. It was so much more than than what I expected. And it's so helpful. And it's 
been really cool. And then there are the people that really aren't expecting it because they're just like, why is my, you know, Daniel uses the example of the dog peeing in the plant, you know, and just kind of wanting to fix that behavior. And it's like, but there's a, so much more here. And so you're right. It's a good, it's a good message to think through, you know, there are a number of, of disciplines. It's, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's necessary to study if you're one of the people that is naturally open, maybe that's been your path and you're comfortable with the concept. But for me, it's been really helpful. And it sounds like for you as well, because it, you know, it gets the mind on board. It explains would, yes, to the I mind what's going myself. on. Yeah. 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 Um, and but I, you know, if, if somebody is comfortable with that stuff then the only thing to remember is imagination is real you know we we, we think imagination's not real and therefore can't be trusted but actually we're learning now of course yeah. it's real because why would you imagine a and not b you imagined a for a reason therefore a is relevant you know that's the other thing i think that's what a teacher gives you and for me without somebody validating that for me i wouldn't have got any further than that and plus there's the, there's the community, you know, there's the, the community of students, there's the connect, there's the, I know, see how you don't hesitate when you ask for what you want, you just go for it, don't you? He says, I go for it. But um, yeah, there's the community and it's just becomes, you know, people that feel like, where are my people? Well, they're here. And so many of the great teachers do also have books. They have communities. It is possible to learn a lot just from, from visiting the websites. And there's lots of great communities out there. And I think that's why there's so much room. You know, somebody might be thinking, oh, there's so many communicators out there. In fact, I, I thought that, like, why would the world need me? And you, when you think about how many animals are in the world and how many people are keeping company with animals and how many more have started keeping company with animals since, since the lockdowns and the pandemic. And you realize there will never be enough of us animal communicators. There will never be enough people who know, who have experienced this firsthand to meet the needs. So there is always room yeah. and there, and, and if there's a calling, you know, if there's an, even, I would just say if there's an interest, then it's a path worth following because there is always going to be a need. And speaking of which, you know, each person, you and I were chatting just a little bit before we started recording about how you do some very unique things with your animal communication practice where, you know, things that, that I'm not familiar with that I don't know how to do. In addition, for instance, you've incorporated muscle testing and you also have um, these emotion code and ask your guide services. And there are different things that can benefit different people. And so I'd love for you to share just a little bit about how people can connect with you and some of the things that you offer, um, because there's a very good chance that somebody listening or watching is going to feel very connected and very, very much vibing with you and want to reach out. And I'd love them to know more about how to find you and, um, and how you work with, with people and their, and their precious animals. Oh, thanks, Shani. Um, I don't do astro guiding, I, I, though I will say, but I do. Um, so oh, it said ask your guides. And I, oh, uh, ask your guides. guides. Yeah, sorry. It sounded like I said astral guiding. Think, that sounds you know fascinating, what, but I don't know what that is. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. That's, there's a message there. I don't know what that is. It must yeah. be some out of body stuff, which I would love I'm to do. Sound, I know, right? Seriously. Um, sorry, ask my guides. Yes. So I do. Um, so muscle testing is basically the basis of the emotion code, which is okay. um, Dr. Bradley Nelson, um, which you can look up, which is just a very simple way of identifying emotions and releasing them. Hugely Fantastic. powerful. It's absolutely incredible. Um, I, I qualified in that. I also do the body code, which is like the big brother of the emotion code and includes the emotion code. But it looks at all energies, not just. Um, sorry, that's my guides. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. We got to wrap it up. Um, and the body code looks at um, other energies as well um, and toxins and misalignments and stuff like that. So it's basically the premise. That it's, it's really an energy healing, but it's quite um, 
it's like a, you know it's, it's quite detailed and you can address it from a number of issues i've done it really successfully with a lot of animals for both health issues and behavioral issues so that's called body code um and i do i do reiki and energy healing as well but i mean i sort of once you start learning these things you tend to wrap them all up together um ask your guides is just intuitive work really working with people um asking questions and just following your intuition to help them uncover things and that's a sort of precursor to the soul level coaching which i have finished but i have to go through the practicum which is where you actually go through um like a real life scenario with a couple of clients under supervision just to make sure um so that's so all bases around really finding balance and trying to find joy for people um so if anyone's interested in anything like that it's quite simply katefogo.com all on there fantastic fantastic so i have so appreciated we have so appreciated yeah maybe next time we can do we can do a zoom with the lambs and the cat right yeah (laughs) i've so appreciated the chance to to chat with you today it's you know you're one of my new friends in be open and i absolutely adore our connect and the greater community and i really want to encourage anyone who's listening or watching any place that you may find this podcast or video series to come join us and play with us. Uh, definitely like and subscribe so that you can be um, alerted when we do. Cause I, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got a lot of wonderful people in the pipeline that we'll be able to talk to. And each one brings a little bit of a different perspective. There's so much out there. If you're curious, if you're interested, um, if being in lockdown or pandemic life has kind of elevated your awareness that maybe there's some missing piece in your life that you're just not really quite sure where to look for it might be here we would love to have you um you can find kate at katefago.com and that's f-o-g-g-o.com and i'll put i'll put the information in the show notes you can find us at animallovelanguages.com yeah this is me and my micromanager pearl who um He's been supervising me for 22 years, and apparently I still have a lot to learn. <laughs> and we are so grateful for your, um, that you've shared a little bit of your time and your day with us. And look forward to connecting with you now and in future episodes. So sending you all the blessings and all the love from Shannon, Kate, Pearl, and all of the animals. Alrighty, Have a great day. Bye for now. Bye.